Hello and welcome to Wisconsin Law in Action, a remotely recorded podcast, at least this time, where we discuss new and forthcoming scholarship and University of Wisconsin Law School professors. I'm your host, Chris Turner, and my guests today are extra special. Olivia Radish is the outgoing editor-in-chief of the Wisconsin Law Review, and Anya Gersoff is the incoming editor-in-chief. The Wisconsin Law Review is the flagship law review at the University of Wisconsin, and next year the Law Review will be celebrating its 100th anniversary. What better time to discuss the Law Review, its recent publications, upcoming plans, and symposia? Thank you for joining us today, Olivia and Anya, and congratulations to your recent election and your graduation. Before we jump into your current work as editor-in-chief, let's find out more about your backgrounds, specifically your writing and research interests. Go ahead, Olivia. Thank you, Chris. So before coming to Wisconsin, um, I already earned a law degree in Hungary, so I guess my path <laughs> is somewhat unusual. And I also got an alum in international law from the George Washington University Law School. And I work in academia and in the nonprofit sector focusing on international law, mostly international environmental law and anti-corruption law for a couple of years before moving to Wisconsin. Um, and as for my writing and research interests, um, throughout school, I worked as a research assistant for uh, Professor Schwartz and Professor Catherine Henley. So I focus mostly on constitutional law and uh, Russian law. You, that's impressive. I, I am intimidated and impressed already. That's great. <laughs> Anya, how about you? Let's see. So, uh, I graduated from Princeton in 2016, and before coming to Wisconsin, I worked at a national security think tank, and I also worked doing nonprofit work up in Connecticut. And now my research interests include really anything. I'll have a hard time finding things uninteresting, but I work as a research assistant for Professor Maid, and his work focuses on criminal and civil procedure and the differences and divergences of the two, and that sort of has led me to research in critical race theory and also how that interacts with sports, particularly the NFL. Oh, that is really cool. That's really, I think that's an area that's really developing. A lot of the sports and entertainment and critical race, that's really interesting stuff, too. Thanks for sharing that, Anya. Okay, so we've got some back- background on both of you. So let's get some background on the Wisconsin Law Review, such as its publication history, what typical article topics there are in the publication, and the frequency of your publication. Sure. The Law Review was founded in 1920 by University of Wisconsin Law School students and faculty. And students have been the sole editors of the journal since 1935. They publish six print issues a year, and they also have an online supplement that is constantly forward. These print issues typically contain two to three professional articles and two to three student notes or comments that address timely and relevant legal topics. They are a general interest journal, so our topics range from you know administrative law to criminal law, constitutional law environmental law, essentially anything. And in addition, we also sponsor an annual symposium. What are some of the articles that you published this last year that you found especially compelling? We published excellent pieces over the past year in the areas of civil rights, administrative law, intellectual property, constitutional law, business law, among others. And I think all of them were compelling, but I will say I've enjoyed working with young scholars the most, um, recent graduates who are starting out in legal academia. I've been very impressed by their diligence and their attention to detail and their enthusiasm. 
being published in the Law Review is a huge boost to that career, and it's such a privilege to see something there, scholarly pursuits. Um, and it, it's also been a, a great pleasure to publish our very own student notes. Uh, this year, we've published five student notes uh, and comments, and one of our three associates, Brian Colley, won the prestigious Burton Award for legal writing uh, for his note, um, which is entitled Then in the Macon, um, Project Finance, Inability to Cure the Steep Cost of Hydropower Development in the Macon River Basin. I had to look this I had, I had to cheat for this one. It's a very long title. <laughs> but it's a great article, and this is the second year in a row that Wisconsin uh, uh, Law Review students received the Burton Award for publication. So we're very excited. That's great. We'll link out to that article specifically on the podcast too, so people can find it really easily. Congratulations on that award. That's amazing. And two back-to-back years on top of that. That's wonderful. Uh, were you surprised by any of the conclusions that the articles came to? And if so, why? Not the best word, but I would say intrigued definitely. Um, I really enjoyed the conclusions um, in some of the pieces. And I'll give you a few examples. Um, for instance, um, Shelley Cavalieri argued in her piece on amplification that in the Me Too era, amplifying each other's voices may provide an extra legal way for women to fight low-level workplace discrimination and harassment in cases where the law runs out. Um, in another piece, in revisiting content of Congress, uh, E. Garrett West argued that contrary to conventional wisdom, Congress does not have an inherent content power. Um, this was a very timely topic last year. And, for example, Brian Highsmith argued uh, in his article, Partisan Constitutionalism, that political parties use the courts and litigation to shift the scope and meaning of our policy and constitutional commitments. And most recently, in issue one, Alexander Class argued that states should consider eliminating eminent domain rights for fossil fuel projects and extending eminent domain rights for certain clean energy projects. Um, so these are just some of the examples of scholarship that we published over the past uh, past year. And I think you can tell from, from these examples that all of the topics are, are very current and very interesting. It definitely helps that the law review is such as a general topic law review. It helps to spread it around and get a lot of different in, input and voices in there because if you're focused more specifically, you may not be able to bring in these wide range of young scholars that you had mentioned. So that's definitely a strong, strong point for the law review. Uh, can you Absolutely. Tell, yeah, it, I, that's one of the best parts of seeing the new issues to see what topics are being tackled each time. It's, mm-hmm. it's like it's Christmas morning for legal academics. I mean, that sounds really nerdy, but I'm, I'm going to stand by that statement. <laughs> Tell me a bit about the Law Review Symposium last year. What was the topic and who were the speakers? Sure. So this past year, our symposium was chaired by Professor Andy Cohen, uh, who is a former UW law professor, and he now teaches at the University of Arizona. And it was co-chaired by Professor David Schwartz from our law school. Uh, the title was Rationing the Constitution, How Judicial Capacity Shapes Supreme Court Decision-Making. 
And the symposium focused on Professor Cohen's recently published book of the same title. And essentially, our speakers examine the various theories that Professor Cohen put forward in his book, namely how institutional capacity limits serve to constrain judicial activism in many of the most important areas of constitutional law. Uh, our speakers included some of our own faculty members, such as Professor Steister, Professor Schwartz, Professor Commissar, and we also had uh, faculty members from other law schools, such as Carol Rose, David Fontana, and Edward Friedman, among others. I'm sorry I missed it. I was out of town during the symposium, and I get very angry when I miss this kind of stuff, because this one seemed especially relevant. I liked Professor Schwartz's recent constitutional book. We actually did a podcast with him about his book about um, McCullough v. Maryland, which was really interesting, so I wish I could have been there. I believe it was recorded, so I'm going to go back and find that and watch it, because it's, it's time. I believe it was recorded, yes. Mm-hmm. And we also have, we, we are also just publishing issue two, in which the articles from the symposium um, are being published, so... Well, I'm there. I have a little bit extra time on my hands at home, so I'll be reading that issue. There you go. Thank you for some bedtime reading. <laughs> uh, my last question for you specifically, Olivia, is what do you hope your legacy at the Wisconsin Law Review will be? You know, I think it's so hard to talk about legacy with students from journal because the tenure is so short. Um, and I think, you know, um, I think to me, though, the most important thing was to ensure some, some form of continuity and to establish a sense of community among our members, uh, to ensure that you know our associates care about the law review, its reputation, its legacy. And I hope that for many of them, or maybe for most of them, being on law review has been a fulfilling experience. And I also hope that the authors that they published this year have had a positive experience with our journal. Um, so I think this is the kind of legacy one can really hope for with a journal. Well, everything I've heard means that you have met those accomplishments and that people are very happy with both the results and the process. So congratulations to you on maintaining that high level because I think it's been done very well. Uh, Anya, let's turn to the future. Let's leave Olivia in the past and we'll go to the future with Anya here. So Anya, can you tell me some of the plans for next year that's starting to be worked out with the Wisconsin Law Review? So for example, what are some of the articles or notes that you think might be published this year or is there anything specific to watch for yet? Sure. So I think the first thing that people should keep an eye out for is issue four, which will be our first issue that we will be publishing as a new editorial board this fall. And that issue is a new voices issue, which means we're looking to publish anyone who hasn't published an article before the first five years, or this might be their first academic piece that they're publishing. So the goal is to really help get new voices of scholarship into publications because we recognize how difficult it be to break through that sort of barrier sometimes, but also how important it is for young scholars and young prospective academics to get published. So that'll be our first issue coming up, our new voices issue. And now I can't speak necessarily to all the articles that are in that issue because Olivia's board actually selected them, but we'll be publishing them. It's sort of one of the fun challenges of transitioning leadership. But that'll be a great issue. Um, Then in our next two issues, we'll be publishing six different student notes or comments. And again, Olivia's board selected these, but I'm really excited about all of them. I think one of the first that we'll publish will be Patrick Reinhold's article 
which is talking about artificial intelligence and is very current. Um, Alyssa Neroy also wrote a piece on Wisconsin's partial veto, which coincidentally was a case that was just heard at the Wisconsin Supreme Court last month. So we've got a lot of really current student pieces that we'll be publishing. And then I think my personal favorite article that will be coming out in issue five is an article on sports betting that my board was lucky enough to select and get published in that coming issue. It's really an interesting overview of what's a continuing to develop area of law. I really like the idea of the new voices and the young voices for the issue four. I think that's I'm sure that you have all that you have both seen when you're applying for jobs to see like an entry level position that says it's an entry level position that requires three years of experience. You're like, okay, what what's going on here? So this is a great opportunity for especially scholars to get the foot in the door and get something published. Yeah, and actually the idea came from the arraignment. Um, we had a discussion with her last year um, about you know increasing diversity and also just Creating, you know, new and up-and-coming voices in in our pub- publication, and and she had this idea, and we we discussed it with uh, my board, and we, we we thought it was a fantastic idea, and um, I hope that it, it could be institutionalized, like maybe every issue four could be a new voices issue because that's the first issue that the new board publishes each year, and you know it, it's really hard as a, as a as a young academic to break into this circle, and we actually had a lot of interest and a lot of submissions for uh, for the new voice issue, and we hope that the trend will continue. I promise I was not given any extra money or compensation or anything for saying that the dean's idea was a great one. That was completely off the cuff. <laughs> Still, a good idea is a good idea. Um, well, that's great. I look forward to seeing that, Anya. Um, can you give us a sneak peek yeah. at all of what the 100th anniversary will bring for the Wisconsin Law Review? Sure. So we have a couple ideas in the works. I mean, our first and foremost, our symposium is really going to be focused on celebrating those 100 years. And the way we plan to do that is featuring Wisconsin scholarship and featuring how the University of Wisconsin Law School and the Law Review has contributed to legal scholarship more broadly. So we just have selected some of our panels for that and I think it's going to be a really cool event and I think it will kind of show a lot of people that Wisconsin has made some really significant contributions to legal scholarship even in areas that you may not expect. I think most people recognize that we're a leader in clinical legal education for example but I think you'd be harder pressed to you know find people who recognize Wisconsin as a leader in contractual theory or in critical race theory, but the reality is a lot of these great ideas started here at Wisconsin, and we're hoping to showcase those in our symposium. What else do we have planned for our 100th anniversary? You know, I think everything's a little up in the air right now because of the COVID, and we are unsure of our ability to gather as a group in the coming year, but from a perhaps more cultural standpoint, we hope to continue building that sense of community that Olivia started to build with her board, and they've just done such a great job 
of really instilling those sorts of values in our membership. And we want to hope to bring that forward with hopefully some new creative ideas, but we'll see how limited we're going to be with the virus and some of the restrictions there. Sure. I'm, I'm confident no matter what uh, challenges that you're facing, it'll be a wonderful celebration of 100 years of the scholarship from the Wisconsin Law Review and the law school itself. So I'm looking forward to that. And please let the law library know if we can help at all. I'm going to put a free plug in for the library here as well, because we'll help support anything yeah. you guys need here. Um, yeah, I, we're definitely going to be in touch. Actually. <laughs> Good. I, we look forward to it. We love working with you guys. Uh, looking forward to the next year, Anya, what do you think, what are you most looking forward to? What challenges do you expect? Um, and what do you hope your legacy or what do you want to continue on with? Sure. So, you know, I think when I decided to run for editor-in-chief of the Law Review, my goal was to really keep going on this positive trajectory and continue to make Law Review something that people want to be a part of, aside from it just being a great resume line. And so we had intended to do that through more kind of community-oriented events. We were hoping to start the year off with a community service project and to have more gatherings of the membership throughout the semester oriented around our site-checking packets and around our note and comment writing assignments. Now that's all sort of up in the air. So we have to be a little bit creative about how we're going to work on making those community events happen. That was something I was most excited about, and I still am, but it's just going to take a little bit more creativity than I think we originally thought. Now, um, aside from that, I'm really excited to publish some great scholarship like we've been doing in years past. I hope that next year, in the next calendar year anyway, that we might publish like a themed issue. That's something we're looking at doing to maybe showcase a particular topic with the goal of bringing in perhaps more diverse voices or more diverse areas of scholarship where you know you might see different people writing than just you know, your standard old white male academic. So we're looking into that. I'm excited for that. Um, you know, as far as legacy, like Olivia said, it's really difficult to think about legacy when you're only in charge for a year, and especially when half of that year might be remote and you might not even ever meet everyone in the same room until it's almost all over. Um, but I think that said, I hope to be organized and I hope to be a step ahead of all the sort of challenges that may come our way because of this pandemic. It sounds to me like you already are pretty well organized and prepared for what might be coming. So I think that you are well set for this first, at least the half year that may be remote or whatever you may have, to, whatever challenges you may have to come and meet. So congrats on already being ready for all that stuff. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, finally, either you can answer this one. Where can people, researchers, scholars, find new Wisconsin Law Review publications, and where can they find your archives? Well, you can find our, article, our articles in our online archive on our homepage and also in the law school repository. 
And I would add that we just launched our new website this spring, and it is a lot more user-friendly and aesthetically pleasing than the previous previous website was. And it looks much more like something from the 21st century than, <laughs> than the previous one. So we are very excited about that. Um, so we, our archives are current there, and our, you, you know, our print issues will be um, um, online, so to speak, um, in Westlow and Lexus and Hein Online as well. And I would also like to add that we recently joined Twitter, and uh, a new board has been tweeting um, about or around, I don't know, they've been tweeting. So we're very excited for that too. <laughs> We've been tweeting, yes. Yep. So you can give us a follow at, at with LREV, just your proper blue book form for you right there. there you um, yeah. We're always looking to retweet our upcoming authors and plug their scholarship any, any way we can. So it's been a fun little project. I truly appreciate that it's the proper blue book format. It's a nice reminder on top of everything else. <laughs> yeah. Well, once we get this podcast up and running, we'll tag you on, on, we'll at you on Twitter and we'll get this connected to you that way as well. Perfect. And of course, we'll link to the Wisconsin Law Review's homepage on their new website. And we'll link to the archives and law school repository on our page for this podcast. Thank you so much, Chris, for the opportunity. This is really, this is really great that you guys are doing this. Yeah, thank you both for joining me remotely. Uh, thank you very much for joining me today, Olivia and Anya. It's been great talking to you both, even if it is remotely and not in person. Congratulations on graduation, Olivia, and on your tenure as Editor-in-Chief, and congratulations on your election to the Editor-in-Chief position. Anya, I look forward to working with you over the next year, and we'll get some good stuff out there, hopefully. Thanks, Olivia. Thank you. Yep. As I mentioned earlier, links to both these resources for the Law Review archives and their current publications are posted along with this podcast at wilawinaction.law.wic.edu. I hope that by now you're subscribed to our Wisconsin Law in Action podcast, but if you aren't, you can find us on the Apple iTunes Store, Stitcher, or Google Play, or listen to our full archive at wilawinaction.law.wic.edu. Thank you for listening. Join us next time as we return to the world of criminal law and discuss recidivism rates and sentencing with Professor Cecilia Klingel. See you next time, and until then, stay safe and happy researching.